Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, welcome to Thursday's podcast. Uh, we've, got, we've got a riveting podcast today. It's really all about freedom of speech. What are you allowed to say? We've got great guests, including the acting deputy director of uh, DHS, talking about what's really happening. We have, we have uh, uh, Louis Gohmert, who is, now has COVID, on the insanity that is Congress today. We have Dr. Gold, who is a voice that you need to hear. She has uh, a lot to say about COVID, about hydroxychloroquine, but most of all, about freedom of speech. America, listen and act. It's time to stand up. Here's today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. things that we've been talking about recently is we are looking at teacher strikes soon and these teacher strikes now see if these see if this you find this incredible the teacher strikes are they're thinking about doing them in uh, texas and florida and i think the other one was georgia and it's because those states are just completely out of control. Uh, and so they're talking about a teacher strike. And the teachers unions now are blocking the bid to go back to school because what they're saying is it's too unsafe, just too unsafe and uh, inequality. And there needs to be, you know, the redistribution of wealth. I mean, they are they are touting all of these Marxist principles defund the police no they want a police free zone in schools that's insanity but the teachers are not really teachers because the unions have gone straight up marxist now rebecca friedrich she taught in uh, i think elementary schools for 28 years she's the woman who brought the case to the supreme court that i don't want i don't want to support this teachers union they don't support anything that I believe in, and I don't want to be sending them my hard-earned money. It was looking like she was going to win in the Supreme Court. Then it deadlocked because of uh, the death of uh, Scalia. So now it's still sitting there. Well, she started um, a uh, uh, For Kids in Country, uh, a, um, an activist's outlet, and she's also written a book, Standing Up to Goliath. She is here to warn us about what is really happening with our with our kids and with our schools and teachers. Re- Rebecca Friedrichs is uh, with us now. Rebecca, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm great. How are you? Very good. Very good. I'm really tempted to say Friedrichs. Why isn't it Frodericks? But you may not remember that reference, so I, w- I won't do it. Um, so, Rebecca, tell us, because I've been watching the teachers unions and what they're coming out for. It is stunning 
how they are just embracing Marxism. How many of the teachers are involved in this? How many of the teachers actually believe this? Yeah, so I, uh, from my perspective, I am so glad that they're finally obvious about what they have been doing for decades on the inside of these unions. I actually stepped up as a union leader for a while, hoping to fix things from the inside. So I've been on the inside, and I can tell your listeners this. The quote-unquote teachers' unions are not real teachers. They are hypocrites. They're play-acting, masquerading as teachers while brutalizing real teachers like me. These Marxists have been posing as teachers and unions for, for decades, as I said, and they've been sneaking their activists into the teaching profession, into every school across America, to the great demise of our kids in our country. And, and so why are they doing this? As you said, to push their radical agenda. And you started the program talking about teacher strikes. Well, you also need to know that when our case went to the Supreme Court and then another case went behind our case, and by the way, that second case won. So now every single teacher in the nation, every single government employee is free to stop paying these radical Marxist unions, and I hope they'll stop today, and I can tell them how to do that. But they threatened at the United States Supreme Court to have massive labor unrest throughout the country if our case is won. What you're seeing is a gigantic teacher strike. It is a masquerade. It's a lie. And I just hope and pray that people will wake up and see that these people are not real teachers. They're dangerous, dangerous to our freedoms, to our republic. And they're after our president, too. So this is quite the, the charge. I, I happen to believe you. I, I read enough and I, I know and I questioned in 2007 why the California Teachers Union uh, all of a sudden said, oh, by the way, if you ever have stood in opposition of this country and um, were involved in any revolutionary activities or were a member of the Communist Party, you can join the union again. Uh, it's, it's open for all of those people. I wondered why they did wow. that in 2007. We now know why they did. We know what their agenda is. Tell me quickly, if you are a teacher, how do you get out of it? Okay, so the first thing, the easiest way for them to get out is go to our website. It's called forkidsandcountry.org. Up at the menu bar, click on Teacher Freedom and Protections. All the information they need is there. We lead them directly to organizations that can help them opt out. We provide them a letter of what to write. We provide them a toolkit to answer all their questions. Most, most teachers are terrified. They think they really believe that the union's their friend, that the union's their savior, that the union's getting their raises. Look, teachers, these are all lies. They're not protecting you at all. They're using you to fund a massive, angry, really Marxist agenda to to destroy our freedoms and your profession, by the way. So they can just go to our website, get all they need and get all the support they need to opt out. And they can do that today and never pay another penny to these unions. But really, you know what? We need to get, in my opinion, it's so hard to reach all the teachers and all the other government employees who are funding this nightmare that from my perspective, we need to make these folks illegal. We need to get them out of our government institutions because they are bringing great damage to the greatest country on earth. Well, you know who said that uh, was FDR. 
FDR said yep. there cannot ever be a union for government employees. Um, it it uh, is immoral and unconstitutional and wrong. And he made a strong case for that. But uh, we forgot all about that. Um, how much of this is tied? Go ahead. I was just going to say that was one of our arguments at the Supreme Court was that when you place a union in a government position, um, the union is using their billions and it's billions and billions they collect every year tax free. They use that money to put their favored politicians in office, which, by the way, are all far left radical Democrats. They put those folks in office, and now the unions are negotiating with people they've placed into office. And who gets left out of the negotiations is the taxpayer who's funding the entire thing. All of that is unconstitutional and dangerous as well. So uh, FDR was right. I'm looking at Tom Cotton now, who is just being hammered to death uh, for saying that schools should lose their funding if they're teaching the 1619 project. This goes back to the union pressure. This goes back to the teachers unions, the money that is involved and the radicalism that is in our schools. Most people don't understand your kids COVID may be a blessing. Your kids don't stand a chance of of believing in America or even knowing the truth uh, of history or even mathematics at this point because of what's happening with our teachers. You are 100 percent correct. And the day COVID hit and the schools closed down, I'm very sad for anyone harmed by this. But when the schools closed, I said, Thank you, God. This is an answer to our prayers. We've been asking the Lord to rescue our children and our teachers from our public schools. Our schools were never meant to be these public government-run institutions. And um, as far as the 1619 Project goes, the National Education Association is 100% behind that. I wrote an editorial in the Washington Times about a month ago on this topic that people can read. The unions are purposely thwarting distorting history they are the ones behind distorting science they have changed the scientific method to undermine real science and push fake science they are sexualizing your children in our schools you can learn about that on our website too and i've written about that um, extensively Uh, our public schools have become a dangerous place it's hard for people to understand that because there's still so many loving teachers like myself and they go wait a minute my child's teacher's nice well don't let that fool you your child's loving teacher is in a corrupt system that you're that the teacher cannot control we have been pushing back in california and parents and teachers we've been going up to the state capitol we get brutalized by the democrats that are controlling this entire thing and who are controlled and funded by these radical unions. I can't say it uh, loud enough to folks that it really is time to pull your kids out of public schools. It's time to defund this public school nightmare and get back to what our founders set up, which is independent schools, small private schools, homeschooling, uh, networking together to to educate our children in smaller settings, not government-run public schools. So I talked to Betsy DeVos and spent about an hour with her um, on a recent um, interview. She's saying very much the same things that you are saying um, right now. Have you talked to the secretary of education or anybody in the Trump administration about this? 
Yes, I have talked to Secretary DeVos. She's wonderful, by the way, and the unions made sure that the world hated her from day one by lying about her. She's a good woman. She's doing wonderful things, and I urge your listeners to support her. She's trying so hard to do what's right for her kids. Uh, Yes, I actually got to share my testimony with President Trump um, supporting uh, education freedom because he is he and Secretary DeVos are supporting education freedom scholarships in which they're trying to give parents the right Mm -hmm. to have the money to choose the educational environment for their children to rescue them from these nightmares. So um, what is the the only reason they haven't been able to pass these is Democrats. Go ahead. The teachers, the teachers union in uh, California and other states now are actually saying that because of COVID, all uh, all Catholic schools, all private schools, they all need to be shut down, uh, that they should <laughs> yeah, lose all funding and and uh, be able to shut them down a moratorium on all of yeah. those schools and concentrate only on public schools. Yes, so people need to realize that the National Education Association passed their moratorium on charter schools in 2017. And if you, if that's another thing on our website, they can go to union politics, they can read for themselves all the nightmare radical agenda that this, these unions are behind. And so it is their goal to make private schools illegal, make homeschooling illegal. Why? They want every single child in government-run public schools, actually, excuse me, union-run government schools, where they can sexualize your children and and, uh, indoctrinate them in radical Marxist ideology. If we go back and read our history, this has happened over and over again. Just look at Nazi Germany. This is what these unions are trying to do. They're trying to get into the minds of your kids, change their values, turn them into something you would never teach them at home, and they want to um, stop you from having the right to protect your children from that. It, this is a Rebecca, fire alarm. <laughs> you, are, you are a very brave woman. I'd like to spend some more time with you, and maybe we can have you on a longer um, uh, format uh, to talk about this and to show parents exactly what your kids are learning and what these uh, unions and teachers are doing. Uh, her name is Rebecca Friedrichs. She is the author of Standing Up to Goliath, founder and president of ForKidsAndCountry.org. Make sure you go there now. We do lose our country if the teachers unions win. If we, do, if we remain silent, we lose our country and we lose our children. Please go to ForKidsAndCountry.org and support. Rebecca, thank you so much. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. Dr. Simone Gold is uh, joining us now. Doctor, how are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, I, I'm so glad to have you on uh, again. I'd like you to start with where you were last night with uh, hydroxychloroquine and uh, what that drug is, its history, and and the things that I didn't know of it being taken off the market just as this was uh, uh, hitting over in France and elsewhere. Can we start there? Okay, with your, so, yes. And with you, I'd like to run your listeners and viewers through all of this. You're one of the first people to get the whole story. So 
sit tight. It's going to be good. And I'm going to give you references for everything that I'm saying. And lastly, everything that I'm saying has been documented, and people can look up the references themselves at a website that we just put up quickly called America's Frontline Doctors Summit, with one S between American and Summit, America's Frontline Doctors Summit, dot com, because they took down my website. So okay, hang on just a second. Hey, hold, hold on hold on before you start. Sorry. I want to also say this. We are going to clip this, but I can guarantee you that this will not be um, uh, played on social media. We will we will uh, it will be banned. It will be uh, destroyed. You will not see this anywhere. I urge you to listen carefully and to take notes. But go ahead, doctor. That's a good point. <laughs> and to join and to join Blaze TV so that you can hear all of this. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. So the controversy is, we're pretending this controversy is about hydroxychloroquine. It's a complete mess. How do we know it's a complete mess? Hydroxychloroquine is an analog or derivative of quinine, which is found in tree barks. It's the most non-controversial of medications there is. We know that George Washington used it. Uh, in the Revolutionary War, and it's actually credited with why we won in the last battle. He encouraged his troops to, to take it. So it's been around for centuries, and it's been FDA-approved as a modern version called hydroxychloroquine for 65 years. And all of that time, we use it for breastfeeding women, pregnant women, elderly, children, and the immune compromised. The typical use is for decades, for years or decades, because we give it mostly to RA, rheumatoid arthritis patients, and lupus patients who need to be on it really essentially for all of their life, most of their life. So we have extensive experience with it. In addition, in countries that have malaria that's endemic in their countries, they use it all the time. It's one of the most commonly used medications throughout the world. It's on the WHO's list of indispensable medication, essential medications, a list of medicines that should always be available and is essential that any country has. That's its status. Um, if you use it for more than five years, you're encouraged to get an annual or I think biannual eye checkup because you could get a rare condition called retinopathy. However, that's 1% at five years. So in terms of a short-term use, there's, there's essentially zero risk. There's a theoretical risk of this little heart thing called QT prolongation, which has to do with how the heart charges itself. It's, it is real, but there's hundreds of medications that do potentially increase the QT interval. It's not and it's, and, risky and, enough. And with hydroclocks... It's with risky enough to even screen for the QT prolongation prior to starting. And it is also only with a combination of another drug, right? It's not caused by hydroxychloroquine. It is caused in a very well, small no, number. Let me no? Just, let me just be clear. Hydroxychloroquine okay. can by itself prolong the QT interval, as can okay. hundreds of medications. But the, the, the disinformation campaign about that is first of all, prolonging the QT interval is very common. It might be like saying you get nausea from the medicine, very common. And it matters only if it's prolonged a significant enough amount to cause a heart rhythm problem. So what I'm saying is it, it doesn't get prolonged significantly enough that it's even recommended to check prior to starting routinely. So most people who use this medication prior to COVID were rheumatologists, and it's on the American College of Rheumatology website, informational sheet, that you don't even have to do a pre-starting EKG before you start the medicine. Many rheumatologists have gone on TV to say that's their practice, that in 30 years, 4,000 patients, they've never even done an EKG prior to starting. Now, this was over-the-counter. Was it over-the-counter here or in, in 
many places around the world and not here. It was never over the counter here, but it's important to understand that that wasn't due to a lack of safety. The safety issue is indisputable, and we'll go over exactly why we know that, but it was over the counter in much of the world. Now, medications become over the counter when there's a consumer demand for it. So in countries that have malaria throughout their their region, they want their citizens to have access to malaria reducing or treating medications such as chloroquine, which is a precursor. So in those countries, it's over the counter. And many other countries, Mexico comes to mind. Um, much of Latin America was over the counter. We just never had the demand here because we don't have malaria here. The people in our country who use it historically were patients with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus who were already routinely going to doctors. So they, for them to get it over the counter, you know, they're going to see doctors anyway. The average citizen walking into a drugstore wouldn't need it. There's no consumer demand. It would just languish on the shelf. That's the predominant reason it hasn't gone over the counter. That, that's the answer. But it was over the counter in countries like France, for example. Okay, and then it it came off of the the over the counter list in France and other countries in yes. January of this year. Tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so it's it's fun to build up that and explain that later, but we can go right into that right now. So when President Trump, I I knew about this drug probably working for COVID-19 at least as far back as February because it was very promising in the very early trials in China and early trials in Marseille, France. It was so promising, in fact, that on February 19th, the country of China actually said that it should be a treatment for any future COVID-19 outbreak. I was actually very stunned to discover that in my research. So I had my eye on it. And then all of a sudden, and I got, of course, I got myself hands on it. I just figured every intelligent physician would do that, knowing that there's a problem coming. And I justified it because as an emergency physician, I knew I was considered a, you know, an essential worker and I needed to make sure I had it. I didn't start it or anything. I just kind of waited. Many, many doctors did that, by the way. Um, there's many um, polls of physicians and something like a third of doctors took some, to, you know, obtained some. And the American Medical Association in late March, I think, issued a statement asking doctors not to hoard the medication. That's how common it was. So the way other people were hoarding toilet paper, doctors were hoarding hydroxychloroquine. Then then Donald Trump said that he thought it might possibly be a good medication. And the next day, the media just, I I don't know a better expression, Glenn, but they vomited all over hydroxychloroquine. And I was really shocked. I mean, (laughs) this is a totally non-controversial medication. It was really bizarre. So I felt like everyone else thought, well, you know, the media doesn't like Donald Trump. He said it was good, so they say it's bad, right? It fell into orange man bad category. And I think I thought that for six to eight weeks. And then this remdesivir trial came out, and I looked at that. As a doctor, I'm used to using 20 different medicines to treat a condition. So I'm happy to have lots of options. I had nothing against remdesivir. And in fact, I invested a little bit of money, little, small. We're talking like a couple thousand dollars in Gilead because I thought, you know, you know it might be good. So the trial comes out, and honestly, it wasn't that great. It wasn't bad. But it wasn't great. It cut the hospital stay by about three days, but it didn't influence mortality, didn't reduce mortality, and it certainly wasn't a fabulous drug. But the media held, or some, there was some media coverage like how fabulous it was, and at that moment, I thought that was really weird. Because it's one thing to hate hydroxychloroquine because the president said it, but it was another thing to give a free pass to another medicine that didn't seem that great. I thought that was really weird. So I started looking into it, and let me tell you what I discovered was absolutely shocking. So it was over the Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me take a quick, before you get into this, let me take a one minute break and then tell us what you found. Because I agree with you. 
it is shocking uh and you're not going to hear this really any place else um and it will i mean i'm doing this now on public airwaves uh because that is the biggest platform that i have that i know the uh, her voice will be heard you need to do your own homework you need to decide for yourself but since when in america do we ban other people's opinions because they say something different than what the government says this is the first amendment This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. How are you feeling, Louie? <laughs> well, I'm doing all right. I, I would never have known I had COVID if, uh, if I hadn't had to be tested yesterday. But, yeah, uh, yeah thanks for bringing that up. That, it is just absolutely a bunch of lies. It is unbelievable what the media will do. Uh, yeah. Try to find somebody on my staff that will say that I ever berated anybody for wearing a mask. I've told them all along, you do what you feel is appropriate. You wear what you feel is appropriate. And so I don't know where they're getting these lies, but let's see. Oh, and also, I went in the house gym and contaminated that. Uh, They've been... They've had that closed. I have not been able, and it isn't any kind of great thing, a workout area. And there used to be showers uh, you could use, but I haven't been able to get in there since early March. So I don't know where that came from. It's just right. one thing after another, absolute lies. So, Louie, I, I, I hate to differ with you, but I'm reading it from Politico. You've been walking oh, around the Politico. Capitol without a, yeah, without a mask, and you just yeah. don't care. Are you the yeah, only person that is walking around without a mask? Because Democrats aren't. Yeah, well, I wore a mask more the last week or two than I have in the four months before, and that's yeah, it's rather ironic. That's when I caught it. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean, you know, uh, but oh, yeah. Another one was that Jerry Nadler uh, personally admonished me in the hearing to wear my mask. I was wearing my mask in the hearing, except I know I, I saw you questions. And uh, anyway, he never admonished me. He admonished a couple of guys, but I wasn't one of them. And that that's real easy to show. So it's just unbelievable, um, unbelievable. But once they well, we go have some somebody. Truth doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, it's um, it's kind of a sad day. Um, we haven't mentioned yet that Herman Cain has passed away, uh, dead from uh, COVID. He had been hospitalized um, uh, after mm-hmm. the Trump rally. They're trying to pin it on Donald Trump now. That, uh, but but wow. Herman Cain has been sick for a very long time um, and had underlying conditions. Um, but uh, it's sad to see him go. Yeah, he was just such a great guy. Really liked Herman. Good man. Um, Louis, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like I saw uh, Bill Barr go through, and I'd like to talk oh, to you about that. And then and yeah. then what happened yesterday? So, I the the Democrats have changed their uh, tactic now 
to where they are just denying what our eyes and ears are showing us, what we know to be true. And they are setting up this narrative that the president is just completely out of control and running this deep state fascist thing. And the facts don't matter at all to them. Yeah, they, they don't. And, you know, when you, you look at what they've been able to get away with, you know, the the uh, most widespread abuse of our U.S. government to create a coup, uh, and, and yet they know what's coming. They know truth keeps coming out. So they just keep throwing trash out. And some of these people really did, in, like on judiciary, they used to care about civil rights. They used to care about the government abusing their, you know, their powers to spy on American citizens. But boy, those days have gone to the wayside. They they don't care you, anymore. It's all about covering their butts. Have you seen Louis anything specifically? Uh, to me, there seems to be a massive change. Um, uh, in the way all the congressmen are behaving. It's very well coordinated. It's all on script. They're all saying the same thing, and it is all unhinged. Uh, Have you seen anyone break from the rank and file on this? No, I haven't. And that's what's so amazing. Because, like I say, some of these people really did used to care about American civil rights and and not preventing uh, the government's intrusions into people's private lives. But there's just uh, there's nobody that will stand up for those kind of things now. And you're right, it is kind of scripted. But, Glenn, you remember back in 2016, 2015, 2016, one of the concerns uh, I think you and I and some others had is we were encouraging conservatives don't do anything dramatic. Don't allow yourself to get pulled into any violence. You know, the Democrats mm-hmm. were playing to stir up violence. And we're going, don't oh, do yeah. that. That will allow uh, President Obama to declare martial law and and just take over things. Well, look what the left is doing. They're doing exactly what we encourage people not to do back then I, and the concern then was Obama might try to stick around but they're really pushing Trump you know to do the things they don't want him to do everything that they accuse Trump and the Republicans of they themselves are doing it's it is the most remarkable thing and it's all there it's we can you know it's not like when i was at fox and i was trying to piece things together and i had you have to look here and you have to look here and you have to look here now all you have to do is just open your eyes and it's all there and it it is it's remarkable i want to play something that i just i uh, my blood pressure goes through the roof uh, when I hear it, this was at the hearing yesterday with the Google and Facebook and and uh, all the executives from tech. And uh, uh, Jim Jordan had just talked about how they have emails, internal emails talking about how they are uh, shadow banning conservatives. And I want you to listen to this exchange and tell me 
If this doesn't remind you of what happened on the Senate floor in the 1850s, where they had a beatdown of a uh, of a of a senator, listen to this. The chair now recognizes the gentlelady from Pennsylvania, Ms. Scanlon. Thank you, gentlemen. I'd like to uh, redirect your attention to antitrust law rather than fringe conspiracy theories. Uh, Mr. Bezos, our investigation. Mr. Chairman, uh, we have the email. There is no free. Excuse me. It's not your time. Jordan, you do not have the time. Be, please but, be respectful but, but, of your colleague. Someone directly controls directly. the time. Directly. Put your mask on. Someone, Put your mask on. Mr. Jordan. Mr. Raskin. Mr. Jordan. You want to talk do, about that. Mr. Jordan. Ms. Scanlon. Why would the deputy oh, can't take it. I can't take it. Louis? Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Where, is, where are those that used to care about truth and honesty and reigning in the government? Uh, they're just, you don't find them. You don't find them. And I brought this up in some of our judiciary hearings before. When we had a, a Bush Justice Department that were abusing national security letters where they were just sending these out on fishing expeditions no probable cause no cases i was outraged and i called the white house and told the president's chief of staff this is outraged the people that that let this happen have got to go and i'm going where is the democrat that is outraged about the coup that was attempted here where where is the democrat that will stand up and say i'm sorry this is wrong and the answer is they're not there they don't exist you entered you introduced a ban which i just love you introduced a bill to ban the democrats can you explain could you explain that <laughs> Well, it, it was the logical next move for what the Democrats themselves were doing. Uh, I'm, you and I believe in having the history out there being taught good, bad, ugly. And, uh, you know, we don't do the uh, communist manifesto thing of re- rewriting history. But that's what the Democrats are doing. And, the, and so they are, let's say, Tuesday of last week. Uh, they voted to remove uh, four paintings of Democrats. Uh, they didn't mention they were Democrats, just four paintings <laughs> because these people were involved in supporting slavery. And uh, then on Wednesday, the vote was not only to remove four statues, but to set up a group that would go through and pull out any statue of anyone that may have supported uh, you know, been supportive of uh, the Confederate states, no matter what they did after that, like uh, the general from Georgia that fought valiantly for the Union after the Civil War. None of that mattered. They wanted them out of the Capitol. So I took the next step and said, okay, uh, I had two pages of whereases. I mean, it's the Democratic Party that that uh, over and over, 1840 through 1856, had in their platform. They supported slavery, and they're the ones that supported segregation. So basically, I went through all of that and said, so they, number one, anything that mentions a party that supported slavery has got to be removed from the Capitol, and number two, 
any party that uh, supported slavery, it's got to either have its name changed or be thrown out of the Capitol. So anyway, yeah, that's very logical based on what they were doing. Yeah. So, Louie, would you do me a favor? Uh, would you print that out and uh, and sign it and have anybody else that's around you sign it so I can keep that for uh, for our museum? Because I just I think that is just one of the greatest uh, statements ever. Louie, uh, take care of yourself. Um, Thanks. Uh, and uh, you bet. Take care of yourself, please. Da, da, da.